0: You are all in all. Father, you are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Holy Spirit, you are our comforter and our guide. We ask you to come, lead this time, cover us and surround us, come and fill this place. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, and you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. You can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even where your hand, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day and darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O Lord. You cannot be numbered. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you, your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. And yet, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Psalm 139.
1: Sp
0: we worship you, God. You are worthy. You are great. You are good. We put all of our trust, all that we are, in you. Amen.
2: Our massive congregation.
1: <laughs>
2: well, there's nowhere to go but up from up from here, right? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Right. That's exactly right. So we've actually gained then. <laughs> forget uh, Wednesday what time can you be here for prayer or can you be here for prayer Wednesday early enough to open the doors and okay or if you want to what we can do is we can do a joint call and just uh, whoever wants to be involved if John wants to be involved even you can be involved and I mean you're always open to prayer but they've been dialing me in. And it's been working real good. Yeah, I, I
1: have been working late on
2: this. Oh, have you? Okay. Okay. All right, that's the same as Dana. By the time she gets home, we're halfway done. So it's, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, well, we'll just play it by air. Maybe I'll give you a shout later in the week if there's something more. I'm just thinking because of where Jack and Carrie are at, it might be a good a good time to midweek get together corporately and just go over whatever. So for whoever's available. Okay. Okay. Um, So, this is going to be a pretty short, simple thing. Um, you know, Jack and Kay have been through a lot this last couple of years. Um, between Jack with his physical challenges that the enemy tried to put on him, and and uh, then Kay with COVID and falling down and collapsing, and now this, and Um, you know, I said to him last night, it's enough. I said, "That's, that's where I'm at. It's enough. It's enough. And he said, no, that's right. It's enough. And so I think that primarily we need to stand with them that it's enough. And secondarily, we need to take account of our own lives and not let fear creep in. Now I think most of us here, and for the most part the ones that I know that listen, are mature enough to understand that we don't let fear take over in our lives as best as we can. But there's things that we do every day uh, where we let fear come in, in different forms. And I have found that um, when you let something creep in insidiously, Right. Um, by insidious, I don't know if this is the proper terminology for it, but it's the way I've always thought of being insidious, is it's sneaky, it's slimy, it's kind of, you don't really know what's there, but it's there, or you see it and you think, oh, I don't like that, but you watch it anyway, that type of thing, right? It's insidious. And so, um, when those types of things come at you, don't give them place. I think we're in a, I think we're in a time space right now in the kingdom where we can't. And um, as somebody who the Lord uses to show things ahead of time, I would say that this is probably the time to take account of things in your life. I know I have been, and I have to continue to do so. Uh, Take account of things in your life that you might think are borderline. And I'm not talking about necessarily um, sin. God will show you continuously in your life. If you have sin or if you have something you need to stop. But I'm specifically speaking to a spirit of fear. So if there are any little things where you're fearful of. Right? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough food. How am I going to pay the power? How am I going to? No, you just need to yield it to God. You need to yield it to God. Um, We had an example of that last night. Um... And I did get frustrated because it's frustrating when it's 10 degrees outside and all of a sudden my furnace stops working, you know, and I'm like, of course, why wouldn't it happen any other time? You know, it's of course. Well, you know, I get out there, I pull the cover off the furnace and I look at it and it's just the seasonal switch. Has gone bad, so I bypass the seasonal switch. I set it back on. I give Dana a call inside the house and I say, "Try it now." She does. Everything works fine. We're fine. But I could have been fearful. You know, I could have been fearful. Um, there was many things that would have allowed me to be fearful about that situation. God is really, really clear in His Word to not fear. You know. Uh, Psalm 56, 3 says, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Right? He knows we're going to fear. It's not a sin to fear. But you need to know what to do with that when it hits you. Put your trust in the Lord. You know, David said, I have enemies all around me. God, what would you do? But yet you show your hand strong on my, on my behalf. You're the one who's the victor, you know. It's paraphrased by Sean, but you're the one who's the victor. You're the one who's going to beat my enemies down. You're the one who's going to save me from my scornful son, Absalom. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be the one that that shows Saul that I'm not against him. Uh, you're gonna be the one that defeats the giants, whether I'm expecting them or not. Even in the midst of my sin, you know. Um, not that it gives leeway to doing things we shouldn't be doing, but one thing God spoke to me this morning, he was speaking to me about grace. And we have a cat named Grace who's lately been sitting in the bathroom on the toilet, so I guess that would be the throne of grace, is what Dana calls it. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, we have the throne of grace residing in our home, and... uh, (laughs) Sorry. Um, does that not give me a position of being able to teach if I have the throne of grace residing in my home? I think so. Um, we have, we have, um, grace is something to me that I've always thought of. I mean, I know that grace is the unfavored merit of somebody for you in a time when there's nothing that you've done to deserve it. That's why it's unfavored merit. But To me, it's always been a power thing. It's God's power on your behalf. It is the fundamental core of what God's power is. Everything that God does for us is done by His grace. Because the minute that we consider that we deserve something is the minute that we step out of His grace. Now, by saying that, I'm not making a judgment. What I'm saying is you physically set yourself outside of God's grace when you decide that you deserve it. Because grace in its essence is unmerited. It's something you don't deserve. So you can't get it if you stepped outside of it. So having said that, if we keep ourselves in God's grace, in other words, we say, Lord, Lord, I'm not aware of everything that I've done. I don't know all of my shortcomings, and I'm so glad that you're here on my behalf anyway. Please fight the battles for me. Then when something comes up, you don't have to question as to whether or not you're in good moral standing with God, although it's always a good thing to do. But you don't have to immediately run to, am I in sin? Why have I de- Why has this happened to me? What has gone on? I don't understand. Why would this... last night we're standing, the furnace stops working. Dana says, "It's 63 in here and the furnace isn't kicking in." And I went oh. And I stopped and I said, "God, I'm done with this. Fix it. You know what's wrong? I don't. I don't understand it. I'm not even going to try to understand it. Fix it. And when I went out there, he divinely showed me what to do. And it was done in five minutes. That's, you don't have to ask God where you're at with him. Because you see, God in his grace and his unmerited favor is always with you. Right? So whether we're in a place of power which is a lovely place to be, or whether we're in a place of weakness, and in a place of fear, we can still call upon him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Right? Because God has all the power. God is the protector. God is the director. He is the guide who orders our steps. So the reason I think that's so important right now is we could easily be fearful right now. We're a little congregation in a little church in a little town in the middle of a little state that nobody really gives a lot of thought to. And if we put our foundation on our presence because of numbers or because of perceived Potential or whatever you want to call it. We could be fearful about whether or not this is going to exist We could be fearful about Jack and Kay. They're getting older. This stuff is happening. Oh my gosh What are we going to do? No, let's not be fearful Let's give this to the Lord and say Father. I don't fully understand it. You fix it. You sort it out You bring Jack and Kay back You bring them here to function in the fullness of the gifts and their callings. When I was talking to Jack last night, and I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. If he does, he'll call me. Um, But I was talking to Jack last night, and he was talking about the 10 years that he had talked about. I think it was last week or the week before. Was it in prayer? Oh, it was on Wednesday? Okay, so it was prayer on Wednesday. Jack was talking about 10 years that the Lord had spoken to him, that there was 10 more years. And that was specific to them, but it was also specific to the kingdom and that we were going to have 10 more years. And so we were talking a little bit about that and I said to Jack, I said, I really truly believe in my prayer for you guys that you're about to come in to the fullness of what God has called you in ministry over these last years. And that's why this attack has amped up. We're about to see the doors open to everything, to the fruition of everything you've been preaching about having a first century church in a 21st century time. A first century mindset church in a 21st century time. The fullness of the fivefold ministry running. A group of individuals gathered together to share, right? Right now we're still, because we're small, we're still in a position where we have worship on a stage and we have someone giving a message like I am right now. But I foresee a day, and I know that Jack and Kay do as well, when we'll gather together, and someone over there will say, "I have a song," and they'll go up to the piano and sing a song, and somebody else, says, "I have a I have a, a a word from the Lord," and it matches that song, and they're over here, and it, and that's how the that's how the first century church functioned. It's a healthy place. It's a good place. You know. Uh, right now, that's not the place that we're in as a church in America and Canada and Europe. We're not. I would I would say that we're probably in a place where God would come in and turn some tables if he had a chance to do it. Um, but that's another message. Uh, we don't want to live in fear right now. What we want to do is we want to lift Jack and Kay up. We want to... Come to a place of understanding that fruition is about to happen in the kingdom and individually in individuals' ministries. So, I have people that I pray for during the week. God stops me and says, Pray for this person over this and this person over that. And, you know, there's an individual that I won't mention his name because he's not here today, but I continually pray that God would open his mouth and he would start preaching. And, um, <laughs> And there's others. There's others, you know. I've got a good friend that lives in Eufaula that's going through stuff. And I pray for him on a continual basis. I pray for my neighbors. And I start to see things that God is going to do. And I go, really, Lord? Really? And it amazes you. The fruition of those things is going to come to pass. You know, the fruition of living without fear is going to come to pass. You know, whether you're at home and you're sick, like Jack and Kay happened to be today in the hospital, whether you're dealing with something mentally, whether you're trying to function and it's not working right, now is the time to give it to the Lord. Now is the time to say, I'm not going to fear anymore. I'm not. And I'm not going to react in fear anymore. Today... Today, I'm going to begin to give thanks to God in all things. And when fear comes on me, my first reaction will be, Father, guide me through this. In that, I believe we'll see the fulfillment of the calling that Christ has for this body, for Jack and Kay, and for each individual here. I really do. So that is really the short message that I have. It doesn't have a lot in it. You can look through the Bible. I can't remember how many references to fear there are, but it's a lot, you know. Um, And the only reason that God refers to fear for the most part is because he's saying, Fear not, right? Look at me. Whenever fear is brought in, you know, and, and all of Israel trembled in fear before the giant that was set before them. And yet David came out and said, I've slain the bear and I've slain the lion and I will take this thing down as well. And they all looked at him like, are you kidding me? He knew who his God was. There was no fear. I've seen a couple representations in movies where they tried to show that David had a little bit of fear. David had no fear. He knew who he was. We need to step forward and know who we are. And each and every person, even people I know are listening to this that I've never heard or talked to or seen, you have a position in Christ. And you can set forward in that position in the fullness of what God has for you. So whether it be work, whether it be ministry, whether it be whatever is going on in your life, It's time to step forward into the fullness of what God has for us. That's about it. There's not much more that I want to say today. It's a short little thing. Um, I would like to move into prayer for Jack and Kay. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So the one thing that came to mind is that the only other fear God tells us to be in is the fear of the Lord. And I know that Jack has, that's been on Jack's heart is how for us to walk in the fear of the Lord. And I think that that is staying in the grace, right? right. So the fear that we need to have is not of anything the world can give us. It is us getting out of alignment with the Lord, right? Like us getting outside of his grace, us getting outside of his will and his ways. Like we don't fear that enough. Right, And so to stay in the fear of the Lord, I think of that as like, if we're the carriers of his name, you know, like, or if we represent our family, even our earthly family, like, we don't want to do anything to bring disregard or bring a mark on our family's name. That is the fear of the Lord. Right? Like, we don't want to bring any ill repute or disrespect or anything false And represent God in any false way. Like that's the fear. That's the fear of the Lord. Or to get outside of his grace. Or to let sin get. Or let anything insidious get into our hearts. That needs to be our focus. But not to fear it. It's just to have an awareness of it. And us to be in alignment with him. And just fully. Fully, fully, fully in him. And if that's our focus. And if our eyes are fixed on him, we know that we're the apple of his eye. right? And we can go into his throne room of grace and sit on his lap and tell him everything that we have and everything that we need and that he loves on us. If we can stay in that place and that's staying in the fear of the Lord, remembering who he is and who we are in him, then all of that other stuff falls away. Right? It stays in its right place of knowing what it is and what it's about and who's going to take care of it. And so I just felt like that, you know, if we're going to stay out of fear of the world and all the stuff that's going to throw it out, we've got to stay in the fear
2: of the Lord. That is is exceptionally good. That is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because the fear of the Lord is a completely different thing, and Laura's right. This is... um, being able to focus on the awe, the amazement, the grandeur, the overwhelming reality of who God is will naturally keep you in the fear of God. If you don't understand the fear of God, this doesn't even do it justice, but as close as I can come, we would drive down the road with my dad and we drive by a big old power plant. And my dad would say, I built that from the ground up. And we go, wow, that's amazing. And then when I got older, I'd drive down the road, and my kids would say, Daddy, did you work in that building? And I'd go, yeah, I did. That whole west side, I was involved in building that with a bunch of other people from the ground up, and they'd go, Wow. And that's kind of what it is to fear God, because all of a sudden you realize that the person next to you knows something that is so outside of what you are at that point and God will always be that. I mean that's just a such a small modicum of it, but it is just it's it's really hard to keep in mind who God is. As Laura was talking, I was seeing all of us running around the feet of God as little kids. And I saw you sitting on his lap because you had said that. And right when I said, heard you say that you were sitting on his lap, John was sitting to the right of the father, just sitting there like this. Right? Dana was running around, this freckle faced little red headed kid running around in circles at his throne, just having a blast. And I was out in the distance, and God kept grabbing me and pulling me back. (laughs) But in all of that, we all had the fear of the Lord. We were functioning in the fullness of who we were. We were doing what God called us to do. We each had different callings, different functions. We were exactly where we were supposed to be. And God was taking care of each and every one of us because we feared Him, and we honored Him, and we respected who He was. And you're absolutely right. That that is absolutely true. If you stay in the fear of God, you will not fear anything else. So Lord, why don't you pray that? Just pray into that and we'll go we'll go right into prayer.